This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. It is Kenny and Heilprin. We are back. Ben Kenny, Zach Heilprin here with you on this beautiful Tuesday night. Sun's staying up a little longer this time of year. It's March. Zach Heilprin, I miss you, buddy. How are you? I'm doing good. Uh, missed you as well. We managed somehow without you last week. I don't know how the station still survived with uh, you on vacation, but we... That we was fi- sarcastic, right? We figured it out, And uh, but as I've said to you since you got back, I much, much prefer doing shows with other people. I do not like hearing myself talk nearly as much as you like hearing yourself talk. So uh, I don't... Right off the bat. I, I am not... Uh, someone that wants to sit there and listen to myself for 25, 30 minutes. But, hey, it worked out. Colton came on. It was awesome. And then Evo helped out on Thursday out at Monk's uh, where we just shot the – and uh, did some Badger memories. I wish we would have actually kind of spent more time in the Badger memories thing because that was actually pretty good. Like It was first Badger memories, and uh, obviously I have one of those memories that remembers everything. So there's just a ton of really good stuff that I think Mm. it could have been more – but uh, otherwise, we made it. But we're, gl- we're glad you're back. We as in the entire station, as in the tire- entire listenership. Yeah, I got, some, I-, I got some tweets out there. Oh, Zach should do solo shows more often. He should not. They're pushing him towards that. Nope. And, and listen, uh, thank you. Thank you, thank you to Colton Bartholomew for filling in. It was a really good show. I listened to it. And I think it's good that this half of the show, some intelligence was brought by him. Uh, <laughs> seriously, seriously, I'm glad there was an intelligent half like on this half. I'm not saying your half is not. But you, that, I mean, that's what you kind of said. And I think that's that's actually kind of fair because I kind of said the same thing about you. So it's all right. <laughs> um, well, nah, there, it was there were some though. shots taken at you during the show. So I, I probably deserve some of them back. No, nah, it was it was good. I, I, I heard a shot at my tweet about snow in Utah, which we don't have to get into it. But the premise of it, I haven't talked about this on radio yet. And we're not going to spend much time here. But I just, I cannot fathom that every snowflake is different from each other. There have to have been two throughout all of time and all of history with all the snow that has fallen. There, there have to have been two identical snowflakes. Nope. So I was out there skiing. Like, like, I, I understand there's science behind it, but I, I can't wrap my brain around it. Out west, they're getting a legendary snow season. And on this house where I, I'd, I stay near it and you could see it. In previous years, the roof is just bare, and there's no snow on it. This time, there's 6 to 10 feet piled up, which is an obscene amount of snow. And, and I look at it. It's like there's no way there are not two identical snowflakes on top of that house. So that was the gist of it. Right. And it made it to the podcast, uh, which is great. But everybody go listen to that. Uh, Colton filled in. You guys talked bold predictions for spring ball as well as a bunch of other stuff. Coming up a little bit later, we're going to get to my bold predictions. We're going to play the on a scale of one to stupid. Where's my brain at right now? One, because of, my, one of my favorite games. <laughs> I was I was brainstorming on the way back listening to the show. And I realized like there have been some things bubbling in the top of my brain that needed to get out. So there's that. There's this week in Wisconsin football Twitter, which actually has become two weeks because there there's a lot of stuff going on, at least in my world. The Wisconsin strength coach is tweeting at me. We'll get to that later on in the show. Let's talk basketball, Zach. On Sunday, Badgers 71-67 to win 
over Minnesota, brought them to 17 and 13 overall for the regular season, nine and 11 in conference, which is good for 11th, I believe. And uh, I'd said, I remember we did one of those, what are they going to finish at after they started hot? I said 12 and eight, very wrong. Clearly there were some, a lot of close games there down the stretch. They go one and two in the stretch run of Michigan, Purdue, and Minnesota. They should have been three and oh when you look at those games and, and how they played, how the ends of the games went. Like that should have been a three and oh stretch. We should be talking about a tournament lock. Instead, they avoided embarrassment, avoided disaster at Minnesota on Sunday, win it by four. What'd you think, Zach? They needed the win, they got the win. It wasn't pretty, as you said. Avoided disaster, yes. They avoided disaster for at least three more days. They avoided their season coming to an end. Uh, I shouldn't say their season. Uh, their NCAA tournament prospects coming to an end. If that had happened, the only way in my mind they get in after losing to Minnesota would be running it all the way to Sunday. I think that's how bad of a loss that would have been. Winning the Big Ten tournament. I don't even about winning it, but getting it to Sunday okay. at least. Because maybe they needed to win it. Because right now, I think it depends like who you talk to, how far they need to get. But they extended their opportunities to get into the NCAA tournament by making that comeback. And, you know, I, I don't know how anybody else felt going down the stretch, but I certainly was not confident that that was actually going to end up happening. I was talking, did the show with Nelson last Thursday or last last Friday uh, over the morning show. And he was talking about how how confident he was going down the stretch against Purdue, how Wisconsin was going to pull it out. And I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> what are you talking about? How could you have any confidence whatsoever? But that said, they found a way to get it done. And they put themselves in this position where if they win a, a couple games, a few games, depending on who you want to talk to, they have a chance to get in the tournament, even if it is going and playing in Dayton next Tuesday and Wednesday or Wednesday. It feels to me like two. I, I think it's two as well. I think getting to Friday gets you there. I don't know what it would take for them to not have to go to Dayton, maybe getting all the way to Saturday. I don't think, like, once you get to Saturday or Sunday, it, it just doesn't, I don't necessarily think it matters, except for maybe teams on the bubble. Um, but you would certainly think three would get them in. Two would probably put you in a good spot. But you have to be hoping and praying and cheering for teams not to get upset, for not, for, like, teams like Wisconsin or Ohio State, like, teams that are on the bubble to not go and win their conference tournament um, and for and, those and, and steal and steal bits. Yeah. And for those lower level teams that stink to go make a run. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like you can't have a team that's like eight and 10 in the ACC going and making a run Syracuse and stealing a bid who, by, by the way, they don't deserve it. I mean, and I, I guess you could say Wisconsin in a sense doesn't, but because they haven't been able to win the, all the games that they need to, but they're in the position they're in. Yeah, it's a rude against Syracuse kind of march. Uh, I think the most notable moment of my vacation was a tweet that I saw that said Syracuse went to man-to-man defense, which <laughs> when, that's when you know they're down super bad. But, yeah, it feels like to me Ohio State Wednesday at 530, Iowa coming up then on Thursday. They win those two. It feels like they're into me. Where it stands right now, they are in the first four out, according to Joe Lenardi and Mike DeCourcy on Fox has them as the last four in, but firmly, firmly on the bubble and playing on Wednesday in the big 10 tournament for the first time is what I heard you say this morning. It is the first time they've ever played on Wednesday 
it's not really saying much. The Wednesday's only been around since I think since they expanded it in 2014, but it's the first time they played on the first day of the tournament since 2000. Wow. And it's only happened twice because the tournament started, I think, in 98, 97 or 98. So they were in, they were on the first day in 98. They're on the first day in 2000. They were the sixth seed in 2000, so slightly different than the 12th seed. But, yeah, it's been a while. So can I try to project something forward from the Minnesota game? Sure. My biggest takeaway watching it, aside from the fact that they were down at halftime and needed the rally that they went on to win it, you look across the box score, and I'm sure when everybody was watching, this is where your mind was. It felt like for the first time, maybe this whole season, but definitely in a while, that the stars were stars. Steven Crowell had a great offensive game. Tyler Wall had a great offensive game and five of five from the line. Chucky Hepburn put up 12 points. Asijan put up 11. And then you got a couple from Klesmith, but nothing from the bench. It was like this game was driven by the guys that you would expect to drive this team. The biggest thing that's, in my opinion, hindered this Badgers team, aside from overall free throws and some situational moments, is that you haven't had the stars play like stars consistently enough where here and there we'll get a, a Jordan Davis 15-point game but or, or Carter Gilmore needs to hit a shot or two to get them going. But you shouldn't need to rely on that. It should be Crowell, Wall, and Hepburn, and now a Siegen, leading the guys and, and being the driving force, and then whatever else happens is supplementary, and it's great. So down the stretch of that second half, like the look in Chucky Hepburn's eyes, the, the look in Crowell and Wall's eyes when they're on offense – I kind of got to, like, like we're going to win this game. We cannot let this game slip away kind of feel. And they're going to get up against the team that stinks. So how much does it really matter? Because the teams they're going to play in the future are better. I have no idea. But it felt like for the first time this season that, that the Stars kind of, it felt like they willed Wisconsin to a win. They rescued them. They were down seven, right? Seven with about 11 minutes left, 10, 10 and a half minutes left. And those three guys scored 18 of the final 25 points. It's, I think that's all. I think like that's the story. Obviously, Max Klesman hit some big free throws. Connor Sejan uh, hit, hit some free throws. But it was those two guys. It was those three guys. And when you look at the stats, it, it bears out. Chucky had all 12 of his points in the second half. Ty the Wall and Crowell both with 21 and seven. They played their best games when they needed to. And the fact is, Minnesota didn't have anybody inside that could stop them. They don't have any. They don't have any size. When Dawson Garcia is a solid offensive player, he's not a defender, and Steve Crowell made made sure of that. Uh, usually, it's you know, when Steve is trying to you know bang down low, it doesn't always go his way. Against Dawson Garcia, it did, and quite often. And uh, you could see how pumped he was. I think there's a little bit to the idea that you know you're going home, but Tyler Wall and him after what they did against Purdue and Zach Eady, who is. By the way, my official statement on the matter, he's just tall. Three for, what were they? They shot horribly. Whatever it was, it was it was really, really bad. They were a combined 17 for 24 against Minnesota. If you're going to get that from them, it's gonna be, they're going to be a tough team to beat. And the thing about this Big Ten run is Ohio State doesn't have any size. Iowa doesn't really have any size. The only reason that they, they stink at defense and they stink at defense, but the only reason they escaped uh, Crowell having a huge game last time was foul trouble. But like Robracha is the only thing that they truly, truly have inside. The only hope is that they don't, uh, instead of going three for 28, 
<laughs> like they did against Wisconsin from three. They don't turn around and score 100-plus like they did against Michigan State the next day or the next game. But those the, the matchup of the Big Ten and the Big Ten tournament is a very good one for Tyler Wall and for Stephen Crowell. And Wh- to, be able, to be able to continue what we saw against Minnesota. Which is huge. And all the metrics love Ohio State. Yeah. Ken Mom I mean, and still, everything. They're still ahead of them in the net, too, yeah. So when it comes to how do you boost your resume, out of all of the 13 seeds that they could be playing in the tournament, they're the 13, right? Who? Ohio State is 13. Yes. Yeah. Out of all those type seeds you could be playing, I don't think any would boost your resume like a win against this Ohio State team would boost. just because of how the computers see them. Yeah, but people also have eyes. Right? Yeah, and, yeah, but, I mean, but college basketball is beholden to the analytics, you know? It is we're, to an extent. We're, we're, it uh, is to on an this extent. show, we're trying to move football in that direction, too. Five, I mean, they're five and 15. <laughs> they went five and 15 in Big Ten play. Yeah. Right? That's a tough league. They're, they are, what, 13 <laughs> and 18 overall, something like that. Everyone pointed to Wisconsin, you know, being in the top 14 or the top 15 in the country in, in the poll and, and falling out. Ohio State was right there with them at one point and uh, just fell off the map. So... Yes, uh, it's a nice. It'd be an, it'd be a nice win, but it's also, um, I mean, it's better than Minnesota. Yeah, in, in, sure. uh, on the resume for sure. That's a thirteen seed for sure. But yeah, so I, I I look at the Minnesota game though, and I think because they haven't been able, the stars haven't been able to really will the team to wins often this year, like they could last year, like Johnny Davis did last year down the stretch, or at least that's what it felt like, and. At least the optimistic part of me looks at that game and thinks, okay, going forward, when they find themselves in this position again, now we just saw the blueprint. And and as you mentioned, they have to succeed inside. They shot, what, two threes in the second half? Yeah. Which is a pretty easy way to win when you're making all your layups. Takes away the volatility of if you actually hit the shots or not. But I just I, I look at the second half, and I think, optimistically, it could be a springboard. And I hope it is. I don't think that that's a bad take um, because they haven't been far away all year. They haven't 18 games decided by five or fewer points. That's the most by a major, by a power five team since at least 2009, 2010, 18 games decided by, by that. And they are, I believe 10 and eight in those, no 11 and seven in those games. But just think of some of those seven. Oh, I saw you retweeted after the Purdue game that nine points separates them from what? The record they well, no, nine sir, points separates them from sixteen and thirteen and twenty one and nine. And that was at the end of regulation. Sure. The games that end in regulation. Obviously the games went into overtime and they they lost by more than, right, than that. Right. But the, the last five losses at the end of regulation have been by two, zero, one, zero, and two points. Yes. Just, so. think, just think about you don't you don't even need all five of those, Ben. Flip two of them, make it make Michigan and Purdue. Make the, you know make it go it's right there, right? Like turn two of those wins into or I should say two of those losses into wins, and all of a sudden you're looking at nineteen and what eleven, right? Instead of seventeen and thirteen, and you're not sweating nearly as much. You went instead you. You know, you're 11 and nine in conference play. You're like every other Big Ten team, and that's uh, that's ahead of you. I mean, it's just two of them, two of them, and we're not having this conversation of how many wins that they need to do. They're not playing tomorrow; they're playing on Thursday, you know, or p- potentially playing on Friday. It, it matters, but it's also 
so tantalizingly close that you feel like you could maybe figure it out and, and, and finish it at the end of games. Maybe something will start going their way at end of game situations. The problem is a lot of it is them. It is. You can't really blame Michigan for what happened there. Wisconsin, that was a fine shot by that guy. But <laughs> but the fact remains is that he should not have had that kind of a look. Correct. Right? So, yep. I mean. Yeah, and it, the free throws. There are yeah. there are very controllable things that have not been controlled. Right. Or missing wide open three-pointers late in games. Stephen Crowell against Northwestern down there. Like, there were some opportunities for them. Or Chucky Hepburn missing game winners that ended up, you know, sending, oh, game, so many times. sending games to overtime. And I, I, people have been taking shots at Chucky like he shouldn't be starting, which is ridiculous. He is... He, he is one of their better players. He needs to be on the floor uh, as much as he can handle. But there were opportunities for him to make some shots that he didn't make. Um, last year he made them. This year he didn't. And I think he kind of took a step in the right direction with that three-pointer on uh, on Sunday against Minnesota. Right. There's another thing, and this is just pure optimistic gut. He hit the shot. In, in a season where the shot has not been hit more often than it has been hit, he hit the shot. So hopefully when they're going to find themselves in another situation like that, I can almost guarantee it. Hopefully that happens again. Real quick, is is the NCAA tournament, them making it, still a win for the season? Yes. I agree. Yeah. That's what we said at the start, and context, context was a roller coaster throughout the year. They played great. There were injuries. They played really bad. And now we're back to the end of the season. I think if they win these two games – against Ohio State and Iowa, or another one, or another one, and they make the NCAA tournament, I'm looking at this season as a win. Me too. Me too. I've, I've had some people say it's da- it's a down year in the Big Ten. I don't think so. I mean, it, we'll, we'll see what happens in the, in the NCAA tournament. They're going to have the most teams in the tournament of any conference in the country. That's what's going to happen. They could have as many as 11 uh, if Wisconsin does what it needs to do, and maybe Michigan does what it needs to do. But... Those people just see Northwestern and they say, oh, oh conference must stink. Impossible. That's a, that's a good Northwestern team. There was a graphic today when they were handing out the Big Ten awards of how close, the, the more close games in this conference than ever before. Uh, most double, like most uh, nine or what was it? Nine or 11, nine or 10 win teams at, with at least nine or 10 wins ever. Uh, like it's, I think it's a good league. It's very competitive, and there's a lot of inconsistency among the teams. I don't think there's anything great about the conference, but it's not as down as people would lead you to believe. And I, I'm so excited. It's March. I get to take off my Wisconsin hat, sit down, watch the NCAA tournament, have a cold beverage, put on my Big Ten hat. Just a root for the conference. For everybody? Except for two teams. Who's the two teams? Minnesota. Well, they're not in it. So you don't so have to worry about that. One team, Michigan. I want them. I, I want them to lose in horrific fashion. That guy to to show that again, their coach who has all this freaking talent and recruits at this crazy level, all they do is is lose games. It's it's somewhat remarkable how little they win based on how good of a coach he's supposed to be. That guy. That's all I'll say. And that guy. Um, other big news in Wisconsin before we get to football came out yesterday. Wisconsin uh, Chris McIntosh has fired Tony Granado as the head coach of the men's hockey program. There was a press conference yesterday with McIntosh. Also, Granado spoke with the media. 
it, it was a change that... Can you imagine it, Paul Chris doing that? <laughs> Willingly speaking with the media? After getting fired? Right. Uh, no. That just speaks to the type, type of guy Tony Granato is. Right. Say that. Right. And all the accounts... And that's not a shot at Paul Chris. It's just no one does that. Yeah. I've only met him through press conferences, but all the accounts of those that have that know him say he's, he's a great guy. It, it felt like something that was that was coming for a while. I admittedly don't follow hockey as much as the other sports, but we get callers all the time that wondered when this move would be made and given how the program has struggled. It, it felt like something that was coming down the line. Obviously, with McIntosh there, as, as we've noted constantly, that's different, say, than the people that have hired these people. I don't know if you have any big thoughts on this, but I think the question that I would think of immediately is does this mean anything different for Greg Gard? Because we already saw it happen with football, and everybody loves to point to football to show why Greg Gard should be fired, which, again, I disagree with. Now that it is happening with hockey, a program that's been struggling, does it mean anything for Gard, or is this just something else that happened? It's funny because you look at their resumes, Greg Gard and um, Tony Granato, and they're like they both won Coach of the Year twice. They've both gone to the NCAA tournament. They both won a Big Ten regular season title. Obviously, guards won two of them. But then you look at the record, and Tony Granato is double digits under 500 overall. Greg Gard is 90 games over 500. It's just they're not comparable situations. Um, like, Greg Gard would have to have multiple losing seasons to be in the position that Tony Granato is in. Um, in terms of, like, where they would where they would be on equal footing. Win percentage wise, well, resume win, wise, resume wise, like they won the tw- they won in it in twenty twenty one. They'd been under five hundred the last two years, uh, so it, it would feel like you would need something significant for it to be that way. That said, I am in the never say never club now. I have been so on wrong when it come when it came to Paul Chris when it came to Jim Leonard saying, oh, there's there's no way they would do this in the middle of the season. That's never going to happen. Um, no, Jim Leonard's, I mean, this is obvious. Jim Leonard's going to be the, the head coach. It's just that's how Wisconsin does stuff. With Chris McIntosh in the AD chair, never say never. However, the situations are not comparable. Just like football and, and uh, Greg Gard is not comparable. First of all, the season's not over. If they go to the NCAA tournament, oh, they could, they could win exactly, a national title. Which is exactly what I think a lot of us expected to be the case this year, and that would be classified as success, even though even though the expectations for the program are higher. Um, winning the going to the NCAA tournament a year after winning the Big Ten, like that's not you're not firing that guy. Like it's just crazy that people will uh, come out here and say that. I feel like I'll be honest, Ben. Um, I feel like where we work and um, the type of certain people that call the place that we work, yes, there are very uh, fervent, like, we need change all the time. Sure. There is, there is very little leeway for growth. Like, it either has to be great now or get out. And I think, um, I think that's a little, that's difficult at Wisconsin because it is a development program. And I think it's diff. I think it's difficult in college athletics in general, right? Where talking about national titles or something, and uh, this goes into the whole guard thing, but, but yes, I I agree with you completely. Yeah. And Twitter is the same way. 
It's just get you know either be better right now or get out. Be great right now or get out. If you are not great every single year, you shouldn't be here type of stuff. And that's that's tough because when you win Big Ten titles, that's what Chris McIntosh is looking at. He has said that on record. Win Big Ten titles. That's win Big Ten championships. Win. It's what he said about the football program. It's what he said about the basketball program. And Greg Gard has won Big Ten championships. So to sit here and say because of one year where three games separate second from 12th that he needs to go, just it's overreactionary. It's a little bit knee-jerk in my opinion. Yeah. Well, for those that rushed to that side of it and said, look, two out of three, two down, one to go for the people that said that, I mean, they already had the opinion before. And then this happens. And then, oh, look, this means this. I, I don't I, I see the two as completely independent. Yes. The, I mean, you look at Tony Granato's overall record. 2021 was an aberration. I mean, there was it wasn't very good before that either. Right. 2018, 29. It's not like they were out there competing for Big Ten titles in the years prior to 2021. Like 2021 kind of saved him the first time. Um, so the last two years have been exactly. And the other problem is people not showing up for games when you don't show, like no one's showing up for hockey games. There's, there's apathy among the program. There's not necessarily apathy no. among the basketball program. Say what you want about the volume or lack thereof in the lower bowl of the Cole center. The lower bowl is pretty full. Take away extreme weather dates, games that tip off at obscene times and should be moved. Things of that nature. I'm with you hundred percent. So there you go. Uh, that happened. Wisconsin is now searching for a new men's hockey coach. Uh, in the meantime, Zach spring ball is ever closer. Every time we speak, it's days closer to spring football. You and Colton spoke about your bold predictions on last week's show. I urge everyone to go find the podcast, search Kenny and Heilprin. I'll give mine when we come back. And we'll get to a lot more regarding the football program as well. We are live at Monks and Sun Prairie coming up on Thursday, 5 to 6, as we always are. I'm hoping it is a post-game show for Wisconsin versus Iowa. That would have then meant that the Badgers beat Ohio State on Wednesday. So that's all coming up this week. Again, when we come back, bold predictions for spring ball and a lot more. It's Kenny and Heilprin. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Kenny and Heilprin, we are back. Monks and Sun Prairie coming up on Thursday. I urge everyone, find last week's show. Zach and Colton crushed it. Thanks again to Colton for filling in and bringing intelligence to my half of the show. When I said <laughs> good, that to start the good, show, Zach. Good save, sir. No, I did not mean that in any way a slight against you. While I can see how the words maybe appeared to be that, I meant more to say, it's good when you get two intelligent people on the show. Mm. Not to say I'm not, but you just kind of did. I enjoyed listening to it. No, I, I, mean, I, I appreciate it. It's Colton like, clearly knows more about the Wisconsin football team than I do. Well, he knows more about the Wisconsin football team than I do. So right. it, it all, that's what I'm it, saying. It works. It out. helps. So that was really good. I urge everyone to go find that podcast during the show. You, go ahead. During the show, you and Colton talked about your bold predictions. Uh, yours was this first spring ball. Yep. Number, number one, Joe Brunner in a starting lineup at guard. Yep. One of the guard spots. I love that take. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's a true impossible to guess situation. And he looks pretty good. 
In the limited action? In one possession? Sure. Uh, I've been on the Aaron Witt train for three years based on what he looked like in two possessions. It's been a very tough look since then. Actually, he also played in the Michigan game in 2020 and looked great in that game, too. Uh, You're uh, going on. Will Pauling finds a role. That was one. I like that take a lot. He's fast. Fast, quick. Like, and we, we heard from uh, Chimray DK last on the, on the camp a couple weeks back how quick he was. I think Skyler might have talked about him, too. Might be wrong on that. But either way, yes, very quick. Unfor- Don't know how well he catches the ball. That's a bit of a problem. Right. Uh, it's, it's important. It's important. So I, I got to be able to see that. But that's why it's a bold prediction. I don't know how, if he ca- how well he catches the ball. Unfortunately, that's going to butt up against one of mine that we'll get to. And third one, Jonas DeClona, cornerback, freshman, will find his way in the two deep. Yep. I don't have an opinion on that one. Yep. I, have, I have no clue what to expect there. Colton did. Did not like it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a, it's a matter of opportunity, I, I guess. I could have gone with a couple different guys. Jace Arnold's another true freshman that's already there that I think is going to have a chance. They, they don't have a ton of numbers there. Don't have a ton of numbers. Right, like right now. Right now. They have a bunch of young guys, younger guys. Yeah, there's Alex Smith. And then Alex Smith. There's Alex Smith and then everybody else. And, uh, and, and Ricardo Hallman, who played a lot last season. For the first half of the season. And then not, too, not so much in the second half of the season. Yes. So uh, Colton's two were, and the first one I love, Jackson Aker becoming running back three behind Braylon and Ches Malusi. Hearing him explain it made it make so much sense in the world. I wonder why I didn't think about that. Then I realized, oh, it's Colton. Smarter. But that was, I I really liked that take. And then Hunter Wohler becoming a a fifth DB rover weapon. Again, safety rooms loaded. We talked about that last season. Like, if you could get, get these dudes on the field, they're some of your best players. You keep them healthy. Right? Exactly. Didn't yes. have Hunter Walder, didn't have Travion Blaylock. If he can keep him healthy to go along with Kamoe Latu, you like that three group, and I think we're going to see a lot of them. Yes. I. The whole defensive alignment, again, is something I'm excited to see. Let's get to mine real quick, because I was, I was brainstorming coming, listening to the show travel during some of my travels, uh, not the travels that went horrifically wrong, during right. some of my positive travels. Yeah. Not going to turn the show into a complaint about travel show, Thank but you. American Airlines is a complete and utter disgrace. I've never had any problems. That's that's good to hear. So on a scale of one to stupid, with stupid being 10, uh, s- some of these are admittedly maybe a little more out there than others. But the number one, and as uh, this goes into this week in Wisconsin football Twitter, but we get the speed video, Zach. Who's up there? Who's at number one? Who's at the top? 21.7 miles an hour. None other than Keontes Lewis. Your guy. Tra- transfer from UCLA who flashed last year. He didn't pop. He flashed. Just showed a, a little bit of what's possible. This, this system, the offense, the quarterback play, it all sets up perfectly for him and his skill set. My bold prediction for the spring as we go into then the season eventually is that he cements himself as a top three guy at wide receiver. Cements. I don't know how bold that is. He was among the top three wide receivers last year, wasn't he? But they bring in Bryson Green, who's yeah. played a lot, and they bring in all the guys they brought in. I, if it's on a scale of one to stupid, where would you say it is? I think it would only be called stupid because of where he had established himself last year and because the offense kind of fits that skill set. So, I mean, I guess I'll say a four. Like, I don't think it's stupid by any stretch. I just think it's um, it's not exactly bold. Gotcha. All right. Well, 
I'm all over it. Maybe when we get to summer, I, I want reports to come out about how he's not in that group so that I can remake the prediction going into the season about how he'll go into that group. That makes sense. Uh, the second. It, so uh, before, all right, before we get to it. Go ahead. He's going to establish himself among the top three. Who among Chimray, Skyler, Bryson Green is not going to be among the top three? I didn't want to predict that because I just wanted to say that he would be the top three. I, I definitely think Chimray is there. And then Skyler or Bryson Green, I don't know. But it's also, what's the difference between three and four in this offense? Probably not massive Probably in terms not. of snaps. Right, but you're the one that said top three. Exactly. Well, I want, that's why I wanted to go a little bold to okay. say that, okay, he's actually... Then that somebody else has to be, can't be in the top three. Correct. I don't know who that one is. Okay. Honestly. The, like the bold thing would be like, saying like, yeah, uh, Skylar Bell, not going to be among the top three. The problem is I don't think that. Yeah, So exactly. I can't include right. it. Maybe, I, we'll see. Before spring ball, if I want to amend that and say... Keontes Lewis cements himself as the number two behind Shimmery TK, then maybe we'd be talking. That, now, that would be very bold. I'll think about it. Okay. Next Tuesday, maybe I'll amend it. Uh, right. The second. So, all this chatter for years, uh, mainly since 2020, had always been you know, how great the defense was coming out of, out of spring ball and fall camp. And also how the offense had, had struggled. And we learned that sometimes it's been because the defense is incredible. It's also been in part because the offensive line has not been very good for a couple years. I think this offseason with the new coach and, all, and the incomers and all the talent they have and the guys they bring back, I think for the first time in a while, and you're there so you know better than I, I think you, Zach, come out of spring ball saying that the offensive line dominated most team drills that it's a new look and a new feel. And part of that could be the fact that the defensive line is not as good as it's been, which could be the case. But I think we, I think you come out of spring ball and a big takeaway is that the offensive line is back. So a brand new offensive system to go along with a brand new offensive line to go along uh, offensive line coach to go along with a group that's going to probably have moved around a little bit. That's you're going to say that they're going to dominate spring ball. That's that's the prediction. Yeah, yes. I'm, going, I'm going. What was it? One to one to stupid. Well, one to ten. One to ten, and stu- ten is stupid. I guess eight. Okay. Wow. The offensive line never dominates spring. Never. It but, doesn't happen. It's never happened in any of the springs that I have covered. Has the offensive line dominated? It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. Now, because I'm in the mind where I'm at right now, uh, it's a possibility. It could happen. I'm never <laughs> going to say never. But it hasn't happened in the past. It feels unlikely. But again, it's, I guess it's a possibility. That's why I didn't put it at a 10. I put it at an 8. So do you think that, do you think there's a chance, I guess, that it's just because the defensive line turns out to be a weakness of the defense? No, I think it's because the defense has an advantage in practice because they, I shouldn't say this, uh, maybe it'll change with the new offense. Gotcha. It, it felt like the defense knew exactly what was coming every time they ran. I mean, every time they ran a play. Gotcha. Um, and it takes a little bit for an offense to gel more so than it takes a little bit for a defense to gel. That's just how it is. The spring and at the beginning of fall camp, it's always, always been that way. The defenses that Wisconsin's put on the field have been pretty darn good, <laughs> right? Really good. In the 10 years that I've been covering it. So it's that's maybe that's not fair, but the offense, the offensive line rarely dominates anything okay that's good to know 
I got smarter today. It could it could be again. This is a completely new system, and, and, and everything could look different, and the defense could be all spread out, and maybe it is just the offensive line pounding away to, uh, at, a de- at a Keanu Benton-less <laughs> defensive right. line. That's something to watch, which, by the way, honorable mention for what I think, I think James Thompson Jr. becomes a starter, which might not be that bold because it's him, Mullins, Rodas Johnson. We don't know the alignment, so maybe it's a combination of those. I don't know. The, the last one is... This is kind of going back to last year and what I know about Trestle and Fickle and their Cincinnati team last year. Ivan Pace was incredible in their defense. Inside linebacker, he's going to get drafted. He was a transfer from somewhere that they brought in, uh, a lower school. I think Muma becomes that guy. Out of out of the inside linebacker room, given what, I, what I've seen and the progression throughout last season, I think in spring, one of the takeaways is, okay, Muma's that guy in the inside linebacker room. Two. Low, yeah, I don't. I can see it. I can see it. All right. I mean, he's, dude's a starter. He was their leading tackler last year. Why wouldn't it be him? I well, maybe not in either or situation, but the he elevates a significant amount, right? Like like Ivan Pace was. I, he was incredible in that defense. It's not a which one between Muma and Jordan Turner and Cheney in that room does it. It's does anybody do it? Athletically, they are all kind of on the same page, I think. The, all three of those guys. Maybe Chaney's a little bit faster, but he's also not necessarily as big. But ah, there's a lot of similarity between the three. A lot of similarities. Yeah. Excitement. Excitement. A lot of excitement. So there's some, uh, so close. There's some things to know. I'm going to write all these down. And at the end of spring ball, Colton's as well, yours, mine, we'll revisit. And I'll ask if they happened or if they didn't. If it's trending, where we sit. So there's some there's some interest going into the spring. We're gonna step away. When we come back, uh, it, it's a new segment we have debuted. It's one I love. This week, it's actually two weeks because I went on vacation. This week in Wisconsin football Twitter, there's been a lot that's happened. We've mentioned some of it with the speed stuff, all all, all the dudes of the week stuff. I have a question to ask about that. Uh, a general thought about the attire things of that nature. We'll get to that when we return. It's Kenny and Heilprin. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. It is Kenny and Heilprin. Coming up Thursday, live Monk's Bar and Grill, Sun Prairie 5 to 6. Again, hopefully a Badgers post-game show after a win and a clinch tournament seat, but we'll see. Badgers, Ohio State, tomorrow at 5.30. Uh, new episode of The Swing uh, coming out next week, I, I figure, uh, reacting to all of this. Well, we can, yeah, we had a new episode yesterday. New, new episode of The Swing yesterday, talking about the Minnesota game and the Michigan game and Purdue. Um, new episode of The Camp earlier today. And then, uh, yeah, we'll have new episodes of The Swing. The hope, the hope, obviously, is that we're doing it Sunday night or Monday morning. and After uh, a tournament win. And then I get to lead Tuesday's show. Would you rather win the tournament or the regular season? Your call's next. 608 I wasn't even talking about the tournament win. I was just talking about getting into the NCAA tournament. Sure. Uh, so we have something to talk, uh, some positive stuff to talk about. Or we're going to be talking about their NIT opponent. Um, so um, the, pref- the preference, obviously. What if they play Michigan in the NIT? Oh. <laughs> Uh, they are on the same side of the bracket. Listen, of the, of the Big I, Ten tournament. I haven't developed deep hatred for college basketball programs except for Duke 
in my like in general. I've I've there haven't been that many despicable ones to me until the last couple of years with Michigan, and they have by far surpassed that. I've always felt that way about football programs. For some reason, basketball it only had to do with the players on the court. Like when you get one of those classic old time. Uh, Marshall Marshall Henderson and Ole Miss. I actually respected Michigan basketball uh, when it was under Beeline. Yeah, exactly. So did I with with Stauskas and Trey Burke and those dudes. I mean, I, I respected John Beeline. I don't really respect the guys that, that were playing him, but John Beeline was a quality dude. Uh, Juwan Howard has proven he is not. Correct. Agreed. Um, all right. This week in Wisconsin football Twitter, Zach. Mm. Last week, you guys talked about these speed tweets, correct? And the fact that Keontes Lewis is the fastest person on the team? We did not uh, talk about that, no. I did mention it on online and how disappointed you must have been not to be able to talk about it. It's just, I, I'm not going to go through a whole diatribe. It's just, it's noteworthy. You have your guys. You have your guys. Keontes Lewis is one of your guys. Aaron Witt is one of your guys. You have your guys. Who, by the way, there is an update on Aaron Witt's injury that was given... Matt Mitchell spoke with the media earlier this week. An update on Aaron Witt's injury is... He's still not ready to play. <sighs> He's still not, which is unfortunate. Uh, Matt Mitchell got a smile on his face when he was asked about it. So Hopefully that's um, good. Cause he, well, I think it's because he knows that, Aaron, that it's been a while. It's been a while since Aaron's been on the field. So that's, it's unfortunate. I feel horrible for him. I, I mean, I don't feel as bad for him as I do for you that you're still stuck on him, but... Um, I do feel bad. Not about me. Still in a boot. Yeah. So I I just hope day-to-day by training camp, get me to a a real questionable tag during the regular season. Maybe it misses some games, but a a day-to-day by training camp, Mm. I'm hoping for. Mm. Um, Also, I I meant to bring this up, Zach, when we spoke about some of the weight room stuff and, you know, the new dudes of the week thing. Who, by the way, I saw a breakdown on Twitter today that uh, by Ben Morrow on Twitter – he broke. He went through all of the dudes of the week, and apparently there have only been two repeats. Tanner Bordellini, friend of show, recurring guest, and Tanner Mordecai. Aside from that, it's new guys every week. Leader, so, Tanner Mordecai. Uh, question would be, is, is dudes of the week a participation award? Is that something we should be asking? Well, I feel like you have a lot of questions for Brady Collins. I, I do. Why have you not uh, reached out and got him on the show yet? Uh, I, I have not tried. Maybe I should. I, I guess I already got comment on one of them. Uh, the other big thing I've been stuck on when we talk about Wisconsin football Twitter is that on the back of all the workout shirts, it says FE squared or FE2, which is the ionized version of iron, the element. I understand the concept of iron, like iron sharpens iron. It's tough, metal, all that. But FE2, I, I'm trying to wrap my head around why it's the ionized version of iron. And I tweeted it and went through a lot of research in preparation for the show. Brady Collins responded and said it's classified. And He threw, he threw a, a Maverick gif at you. Yes, and uh, Raul Vasquez said that he actually asked him, he had asked Brady about it, and he said, uh, it is a deeper meeting that the kids don't know yet. Haven't said it to them. You can find out down the road which is he is squarely in my head. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm trying to figure it out. I feel like I just got owned harder than you could ever be owned. It's a possibility. Um, it's a possibility. Uh, it appears quite a few football players uh, are wondering it as well because they favorited his tweet. It's, it's interesting because 
I, I have this in front of me. Iron 2, iron squared, refers to the element iron in its plus 2 oxidation state. In ionic compounds, salts such, such as such an atom may occur as a separate cation, positive ion, denoted by Fe2+. That goes through and through with the adjective ferros or the prefix ferro. Describes it with ferrous chloride. I, I suck at chemistry. I feel like it has something to do with team. That would be so simple. T dot E-A, T dot E dot A dot M. Team. It has to be something related to team. Okay. It's not going to be about an individual. It's not going to be about something being you know good as yourself. That's not. It, it's impossible. It's got to be something related to team. The problem is if it's about two iron elements going against each other, that goes against what the chemistry says. And I stink at chemistry. There's there's never been anything in my life I've been worse at, believe it or not, than chemistry. I'll I'll believe you on that. I'm not, you know, it is what it is. But I would be shocked if it didn't have something to do with team. Okay. Because it's all about team and speed, right? Those are the those are and strain. We right. got a new one this week, strain. Yes, but speed. Speed, speed, speed. He is obsessed with speed, um, and so it Jack has. Lewis. There is there is a lot of, a lot of team, a lot of speed. I think is is a lot what's on his mind. So I'd be, it has to. I would imagine something involved with that. Uh, the last note I had, real quick, is that there was the picture of T.J. Watt when he was hanging out, what? and you texted me about it. It appears Darian Varner is on a scooter. Yes, but we have agreed that that scooter is not his it appears to be aaron witt's scooter yes which is good to know that darian farner probably is not hurt right uh for all those out there that also were sleuthing through those pictures that is what we have come up with and have not confirmed yeah. all right we're going to shut it down next it's kenny and heilprin stay right there this is kenny and heilprin on the wisconsin sports zone network All right, Kenny and Heilprin, 10 seconds until we're out of here. Uh, again, Thursday night, Monk's Bar and Grill, Sun Prairie. Talk to you then.